0: You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here are the hosts of the show, Jason and Mo. Welcome back to Straight Shooting. Great to have you with us for another episode. And again, I've got Justin. Hello. How are you going? How you been?
1: Oh. Uh...
0: Terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Physically, I'm fine. But uh, yeah, this um, virus and the lockdown and what's more worrying than even the virus is the ridiculous government overreach uh, and the blatant slander that the, the media are spreading around about law-abiding firearms owners as if we're some sort of danger to society, uh, while the government is gleefully
0: stripping away our civil liberties. Yeah, and at least at the recording of this show as well, guys. Uh, yeah, the lockdowns are still happening; still can't go hunting around the yeah you know, in most states uh, at the time of recording this show. So you know, I've totally missed the rut, which is disappointing. Trying mm. to get out and hunt deer. God knows how long this is going to go on for. Uh, you know, the effects on businesses financially, their employees. I just think we're in for a serious serious bad road ahead and um, everything's down, isn't it? You know, Mm. uh, uh, we can't do anything, that stocks are down. I know Justin's into cryptocurrency a little bit like I am too. And (laughs) I'll tell you what, you know what, when you wake up, and I haven't told Justin this, but when you're up about $90,000 like I was, and within 48 hours I was down 40 grand, Mm. that certainly makes your balls... uh, Uh, hurt like you wouldn't believe. Trust me on that. Luckily, I'm back up now after that significant drop when everyone was just selling off. But I mean, Qantas is down 70-something percent. It's just insane. Look, I I
1: took my own advice and I had some money stashed away. And when the big dip happened, uh, I bought some more crypto. I'm already up over 40%. So I I only bought a little bit. I would have loved to have bought more. But um, I was able to buy the bounce because I had that bit of a buffer, a bit of reserve. Uh, and my my rule of thumb is I only buy with money I can afford to lose. So if I would ordinarily just take it to the pokies or drink beer with it, um, that's what I buy my crypto with. But it's certainly been a wild ride, Not not only in the crypto markets, but like you said, the stock market's been up and down. I can guarantee you there are people who are frantically buying as much cheap shares as they can. Because the indications are the crisis will pass, things will go back to normal, and the stock market will go back up,
0: and people will make fortunes. Yeah, it's crazy. I seem to not buy or sell when it's high. I tend to sell when it goes to shit. <laughs> 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 and I was up at one stage. I think I I put in a quite a quite a hefty chunk of money. I've gone invested, you know, some gold and silver and stuff like that. I don't know that doesn't have much to do with shooting, but uh, a lot of people out there that. It, have got investments and stuff like that, I mean you probably guys are hurting Supers are hurting at the moment, mm. and I uh, mean I wrote it down like yeah, nearly ninety something grand, maybe have a hundred even at one i 've ridden down two falls in the market if i 'd pulled out both times i 'd probably be up well over three hundred thousand now, but wow, dumbass me, uh, <laughs> always think it 's continually going to go up the eternal ball, you know what I mean, James at the water yeah. cooler, so to speak, you know uh, always always a perma. A perma uh, ball. So, but anyway, that's uh, what's happening. Anyway, we haven't lost too much money, so Mm. (laughs) we're continuing with the show. But yeah, we've got a lot coming up to talk about on the show. We've got some even if it even if it completely goes
1: uh, up the creek. The uh, you and I and our fellow shooters are probably best placed because at least we can hunt and put food on the table and light a fire <laughs> and, uh,
0: the same can't be said for a lot of other people <laughs> well not at the moment anyway we ho- hopefully we can going forward but uh, yeah we've got a lot to talk about we've got a bunch of voicemails that we've got to go through of course we're going to get a lot of emails uh, patreon.com forward slash AHP if you'd like to support the show that's always greatly mm-hmm. appreciated I know these difficult times I don't expect people to do it if you've got some money great if not then don't worry about it just as long as you share the show as long as you send it out to people um do all that you know we're on facebook as well we're also on instagram now or of course you can look up australian hunting podcast uh, and on youtube channel as well i've got the australian hunting podcast which is just for the show and then i've got ahp outdoors it was my normal name jason sells but it's not now so i've changed it just wanted to i guess reflect something a bit more in the industry not just my name so check those out as well on t- twitter i was gonna say Tita then twitter ah podcast would be greatly appreciated if you sign up to that too like it subscribe uh, and of course all the avenues you can find us on itunes you can find us on uh, stitcher which took us a while to get on there but we are on there now stitcher uh the Podbean app as well if you got on your phone you can just direct linked straight to my provider as well you don't have to listen to it through that but you can if you want to of course itunes and of course the website as well rate leave five stars if you if you do like the show that'd be greatly appreciated leave a comment so i can read your comment out on the show uh and also where else leave a voicemail click go to on the right-hand sidebar, there's a leave voicemail. You get 90 seconds, minute and a half. Leave us a voicemail. If you want to talk about something in particular, something for us to discuss, something that you think is important, yeah, absolutely, please send it in because we would absolutely love to hear from you. they would be greatly appreciated. Of course, you can listen to the show there. If you want to direct email me with questions, AustralianHuntingPodcast.gmail.com. Now, some of these people, I'm looking at them here. I was expecting to do the straight shooting a lot earlier than this, but I was just enjoying getting away from a bit of the political aspect. Of sure, I was still posting the stuff on Facebook, but you know, in regards to doing shows about it, I just let it go. So I didn't respond to a lot of these messages. So check, always listen to straight shooting because 99 times out of 100, I will be uh, talking about your email uh, on the show so that's just, just stay tuned for that so if I don't message you back I'm really sorry I get do get a lot of emails and uh, trying to battle that sometimes working full time can be a little bit difficult but uh, please persist or if you want to just make it easier call me directly 0425 881 967 uh, just call me direct I don't mind I love hearing from people so if you need any help just give us a call especially during this coronavirus if you just need someone to talk to uh you know please do you know if your mental health's maybe not the best as what it was of all these lockouts and being able to get out of the house and stuff give me a call
1: the national shooting council has launched legal action against the decisions to effectively close gun shops in victoria Queensland and Western Australia. The closures were made for political reasons and are having devastating impacts on the livelihoods of people trying to run the shops that we need to keep. If you would like to support the fight to keep our gun shops open, then get behind the National Shooting Council today. To become a member or donate to the legal fight, just go to nationalshooting.org.au.
0: First up is an email from Matthew. It says, hi Jason, just wondering if you have heard about the latest from the Greenies regarding Locking up everything as a koala habitat. (laughs) Mate, it wouldn't surprise me. It's currently in the draft form, but we put through after the 30th of March. This has been kept quiet so no one can protest. It was put through in December 2019. I'll give you some highlights as a bit of reading material. They want to lock up all private property and not allow logging of any kind. They locked up the forest and look how it turned out at the end of 2019. Yes, in Victoria, we say, yes, I do remember that. Daniel Andrews uh, ruining the logging industry, which is ruining a lot of people's lives. Uh, By locking up private property and making it koala habitat, the farmer could and may have to apply for a permit just to plough through their own paddock in case of koalas and their thoroughfare. Yep, I agree, mate. This is shocking. Uh, If a koala is sighted, you have an immediate two-kilometre radius exclusion zone where you as the landowner would not be able to build, plough or do anything on your land as you wouldn't be able to clear any land or (sighs) backburn. Mm, I'm not liking this uh, if it does get through the timber industry, New South Wales will fold all the sawmills and power yards will cease to exist. Uh, this would come into the mining industry or any industry that would like to develop anything in New South Wales. If you open the link go through the map uh, so you don 't to do your approximately two kilometers as it covers most of New South Wales well, yeah. Mate, I'm not surprised. I'm a big fan of uh, people's rights to do whatever they particularly want with their own property. Landowner rights, I'm, I'm very big on that. I think you should be able to do whatever you want with your own property uh, entirely. Sure, maybe there's some small restrictions but you know, on trees and stuff like that, but only to a certain degree. But even then, I think even if it's my land, I should be able to do If I want to wipe out the whole thing, then that's what I want to do. Then I should be able to do that. But anyway, what do you think, Justin? I'm partly
1: horrified by this and also I'm not surprised at all because this is exactly the sort of thing that the, the Greens and, and control freaks want. Um, legislation by stealth, bureaucratic incrementation, uh, get the legislation passed and then amend the regulations that don't require debate in Parliament. All of these tricks are used by these people to increase their, their power. Um, we need to oppose this, get people talking about it. If you can stick that up on Facebook, I'll share it. Um, because the w- when they start this sort of thing and get it in place, they'll then move on to something else and then something else and eventually it'll come around to something that we all like to do and we won't be able to do it and it'll be too late. So we need to nip this in the bud and um, and, and knock it on the head. This is due for debate soon. It says after March 2020 after the 30th of March, month so everything's kind of on hold at the moment um, so we've got a bit of breathing space but we need to get this um, promoted because uh, that, that's horrific and that would just destroy uh, and that's that's what they want to do they want to destroy the logging industry they want to destroy the farming industry and just have everybody eating soy and uh, <laughs> and living inside a city that, that that's their that's their ideal
0: world and they would be happy with that
1: they,
0: that, that this is the sort of people they are. What do you think about land rights anyway? That's a very important one for some politicians here in Australia. I think Cat has been pretty strong on land rights and people have been able to do what they want. I think we, think we even mm. saw the Palaszczuk government, remember? They were trying to sue or take oh, to yeah. court a farmer yep. based on getting rid cleared of some, was cl- it clearing some, some trees for yeah. his st- or letting his stock eat the trees and all that and it would regenerate? I think they cleared crazy. The,
1: they, they cleared the trees so the stock could eat them. I think was the story. There was one, one guy who, who who was trying to feed his stock and then there was another guy who cleared a firebreak um, and like he cleared 200 metres wide instead of 170 metres or whatever it was supposed to be. Like he did a little bit extra because the trees were so tall, if they'd fallen over, they would cross the firebreak. So he cut the firebreak wide enough to prevent the danger and of course it broke some rule that was on paper and he got prosecuted for it.
0: Yeah, well, but I mean, I'm definitely against things like this, especially when it comes to you know landowners not being able to do things with their own property. One, I mean, one, other thing I'd just like to say: this is a classic example
1: of of this veneer that I said. Okay, look at what they're this blatant land grab for power over other people's land. But look how they've put a veneer on. Oh, it's to protect koalas. So the implication is, if you oppose this legislation, you must hate koalas. You see that, that psychological manipulation yeah, there? Yeah. You, uh, you, you, you hate koalas and you're happy for koalas to be destroyed because you're not protecting them. Okay? It's a logical non-sequitur fallacy, but they are experts at this kind of manipulation and it's something that shooters and the, our organisations and our political parties really need to, A, understand and B, embrace ourselves because all gun control is ageist, racist and sexist. and We don't support those things. But once you put it in those terms, oh, oh! suddenly the gun control person's on the back foot because they're being accused of being ageist, sexist and racist because they support gun control. So it can work both ways. But for the last 25 years, all we've been doing is backpedaling. We haven't been taking it on the front foot using the same tactics that these people use. And that's where they've been getting all the wins because they understand the psychology of marketing like this and they can market this stuff just like they're marketing their power grab under the guise of public health and safety with the coronavirus.
0: Yeah, let's see what we can find out uh, moving forward on these particular issues. We want to find out more. So thanks for letting us know about that, Matthew. It's uh, really appreciated. this will come up on one of our shows. Uh, so we're going to try and find out more information for our show after this one as well. So we'll find out and we'll let you know uh, what's happening and what we've found out. And hopefully we can give you more information on the legislation and where it's at. So Matt, thanks for writing in. Uh, thanks for being a listener to the show. I really appreciate it. All right, coming up on our next email is Brock. All right, Brock says, Hey, mate, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and what a cracker podcast it is. Well, that's nice, mate. Thank you very much for that. Uh, finally pushes me to stop being lazy and get my license. Well, congratulations. Awesome, Great to uh, hopefully have you on as a firearms owner. One question I'd like to ask with all your listeners and FB followers, how long is it taking everyone to get their licenses? I've been going since November of last year. It doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. Just thought you might be able to do a poll on, on Facebook or something. Uh, so I just emailed him. I said, what state are you in? He wrote back and he said he's in Sydney. So it's kind of not surprising that uh, the New South Wales Firearms Registry is dropping the ball on licensing. I know I think mm. was it about a year ago, possibly maybe a bit longer. They did a big cull of uh, a fair amount of their workers there, then they're pretty much running on bare minimum because like most of us know, registries are a complete waste of money. And yep. uh, it's just a black hole of wasted funds and hundreds of millions of dollars per year mm. uh, across the country to manage law-abiding firearms, which we know doesn't do anything. So that's the first thing to go. They don't really consider it an essential service. Really, all it is is a black hole and an absolute large costing to the government uh, every financial year. So, mate, best thing, I reckon, I don't know what Justin thinks, we'll get him his input in a minute, but I'll oh, write to your minister. Actually, I think better is actually call them up and just say, oh, is the minister there? Can I talk to the minister, please? even though you know they're not going to talk to you. <laughs> mm. You just say, listen, I've been trying to get my gun licence for a while here. I've ad- I've applied in November. Um, can you please advocate on my behalf and find out what's happening in my licence? I'll give you a call back tomorrow. And if you really want to be pushy, I just call up every single day. Yeah. that, that Every day. That's the
1: thing to do is to ask, ask for a time that somebody's going to call you back. Um, get them to commit to a time. Um, and, of course, it's going to be difficult, but being pushy is the only way – to to get anything done so good luck and and the your initiative is really really appreciated it's really refreshing that uh, you're uh, getting your license and getting
0: involved we need more people just like you thanks brock yeah and one thing i mentioned too is when though because what they'll tell you and it happens to me all the time happened to me just last week or a couple of weeks ago when i was uh, talking and ringing up the premier's office to talk about police minister david elliott and handling Uh, this firearm which is something we might talk about as well on this show as well Uh, they always say oh can you just put it in writing for me because i just want to get you off the phone right so the best thing to do is say, yep, no problem. I'm happy. To, I'll put it in a message today. I'll send it over to you, an email. Um, but I'll give you a call tomorrow just to follow up. What was your name? And then you, just, and then you call them up again tomorrow. And then you call them up again the next day. And then you call them up again and again and again. And because they get sickier, eventually they're going to have to advocate on your behalf to find out what's going on. And uh, I know someone that did that in Queensland. And all of a sudden, after about three and a half, four months uh they all of a sudden their license oh boom your license is now available mm. to be picked up so uh you know get them off their butts you know you're paying for a service you know you expect a reasonable time frame yep. uh, to provide that service to you mate so i know it's a bit it feels a bit odd calling up and it, yeah it does get a bit nervous and you know and know i've caught up a fair few radio stations in my time and it, it does get a bit nerve-wracking to do that but remember these people work for you don't be put off by that give them a call just say, yep, I shall call you tomorrow after I follow up. What was your name? They'll go, oh, just give us a little bit of time. You know, we'll need a couple of weeks. Just, yep. Even if you wait every two days, give them a call. So anyway, Brock, I know it's a bit of a shit at the moment, but uh, welcome to the club of firearms ownership. Hopefully you get getting a bit of hunting, bit of shooting, bit of target shooting, maybe some pistols, and uh, you'll really, really love this sport and the great people that are in it. So thanks for writing in. I really appreciate it. Next up, email from Andrew. Now, this is an interesting one. Um, there's a lot of stuff here, so guys, I'm not going to read everything. Just just listening to the podcast, I've never really bothered before. Uh, well, Mate, you should, mate, you should. You should be listening to me and me only. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> um, I've, I've avoided your pod as I can't say I'm interested in hunting or long range. Well, Andrew, what's going on, mate? You should be. Get into some hunting and long range shooting and whatever you want to do, mate. You'll love it. I think we've covered... A lot of topics, I think, uh, over the years of doing this show, mate. So it's not just hunting and long range Mm. shooting, but uh, uh, he goes, I shoot clay target now, but hunted as a kid, but never took to it as I just don't get anything from it. Well, that's disappointing, mate. I'm not sure why he's even emailing it at this point. You know what I mean? But well, look, uh, if you pull a trigger, we are your friends. Your, your friends and yep. you're part of the family, and we love you anyway. Exactly. Welcome to the club. Yep. Now, he goes on and says the problem with police and firearms and stuff, it's just a lot of stuff about police here and, you know, like basically you know, saying it's a police state and stuff like that. It sounds like from here he's from WA. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been saying that for a while. And I know a lot of people, and I used to be a big. Support of the police and it's not that I'm not now it's just that I've really seen over the last 10 years of the constant degrading of my rights from police and how much of a say they have in this country. Um, We've seen that just recently with public land hunting and the DPI in New South Wales relying on uh, police information to shut down public land hunting. And I said on our Mm. previous show, that's not the way things get done here. It should be going through the Premier and Cabinet, uh, then on to the DPI, because they're a government organisation, and shut down that way. But it says on the advice of police, and we read that during our previous straight shooting Mm. show. So I get what he's saying here. And uh, a lot of people, I've made videos with um, Aaron from Shooting Stuff Australia, and other people, I made another podcast just the other day with a a fellow from Victoria, uh, talking about all the gun shop closures and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, a lot of people in the past. There's been the odd little comment, you know, that yeah, you know, people are, were against the police and stuff like this. But I've not seen any reason, just over the last couple of years, especially more so, but especially recently, that would warrant any 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 type of support from the shooting community. Because every time something happens, law-abiding firearms owners get blamed. And especially now during the coronavirus, people are starting to. Uh, see the same things and finally starting to wake up to the situation that we're in a bit of a police state a nanny state and they can just yeah, police can just make uh uh, submissions or shut down things and give advice and shut down things at the drop of a hat which i don't think should be the way to go you know there was a few comments on some videos and a few of my podcasts before we know we're anti-police we're anti this all of a sudden it's weird because during this uh, epidemic it was pandemic uh, that's all seemed to stop now because mm. uh, really people are starting to see what it's all about. We've been commenting on it on the Facebooks and the and the Instagrams and and the Twitters and all that sort of stuff and videos that I've been making, and people have really started to see it. And that's all dropped off now. So and like i said on the previous show, if you don't if you haven't woken up by now, guys, to what's happening. Uh, to shooters after all these closures and bans and this virus, well, then nothing's ever going to wake you up. We're in a bit of a black swan event and people are still saying, oh, no, everything's fine. You know, even after three states have Mm. been shut, Justin, uh, you know, people are going, oh, no, New South Wales is staying open and it may very well stay open. But if I had to put, I wouldn't be putting my house on it. No. Put it that way. I wouldn't be putting my house on it, that's and, for sure. But. Look, um, I'm sure there's a lot of police
1: officers who listen to this this podcast. There's a lot of police officers who are avid target shooters, sports shooters, hunters, fishermen. Um, it's the, the, the issue is not with the average police officer. The issue is the Nuremberg defence doesn't apply anymore and the individual police officer does have a moral obligation to not obey Unlawful or immoral orders. You can't just say, I was following orders. Um, you, you have a responsibility to say, No, I am not going to arrest this person or I'm not going to charge this person because even no matter what pressure the hierarchy is putting on you, um, you, you there's, your conscience is involved and you cannot just say, Oh, I'm following orders and my conscience is clean. It doesn't work that way. There's repercussions. And if you are party to the, you know, the destruction of civil rights in the country, uh, that's not a good place to be in. So my appeal to the police is uphold the law, uphold the, the, the constitution and the civil rights and the, 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 the rights of people because it, it's not a nice place. If, uh, it, if, the, if the police and government have too much power and they're, they're not che- there's no checks and balances, take a look around the world from North Korea to Venezuela uh, Eastern Europe, Asia, they're not nice places to be, so let's not go there, and and the, it starts with each one of us.
0: And I think I've sort of made it pretty clear, and if I haven't, now's probably the time, you know, some people listen to the show, there might be police got a bit turned off, you know, in in certain situations because of things we've said, but you know, I think the average shooter that's maybe a police officer that's an average shooter and hunter knows they're not the ones we're, we're talking about mm, absolutely um, and if that's not obvious you know to people and you're going to go off half jack because I've criticised the police well then that's up to you then you probably are one of the person I'm talking about I mean if you're not corrupt and you're not going to be doing things that are against the force or against the general community where you deem necessary then like I said you, you wouldn't, wouldn't, you're not the ones I'm talking about I thought I've made that obvious over many many shows and if, I said, if you, even me saying this and you still believe that somehow i'm against police well then again like i say you probably are one of the people that i'm talking about because you know no one in their right mind when i'm saying the people that like david elliott we're going to discuss this in just a few moments <laughs> with this category R prohibited firearm i mean yeah when do we get in this conversation but uh you know you're not the people i'm talking about if you're doing the right thing and not harassing law-abiding people for no reason um then you've got nothing to worry about. You're not the type of people that I'm actually talking about. And I actually just been into a story and Justin might like this one. Um, uh, It's very interesting. So I was on a trip a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so I'll say this. I'm going to leave all the names out because I don't want to get in trouble. So we're on a property, we're shooting, we're zeroing our rifles for hunting. And all of a sudden behind us around a corner comes a blue Pajero, okay? And he comes up and the person that I'm with Knows this person it's from a police station. It's a detective, right? And I'm thinking, well, we haven't really been shooting that much. What's the what's the problem? He comes up and he goes, oh, how are you going? To my friend, says his name. He goes, yeah, pretty good. He goes, oh, what's up? And he goes, oh, we've had uh, reports of a marijuana crop, right? Six guns on the ground, mind you, six guns on the ground. So my friend says to the, the detective police officer who was playing clothed, oh, where did you come from? And he says, a certain road, which is a dirt road down the back. I've never been to this property before. Anyway, he uh, the, the the friend that I know that took me to the property says I'm just going to call the owner. Um, his name's John. He goes I'm just going to call the owner, uh, and he goes Oh, hang on, it's all good, man. We're just going to go back this way. And all of a sudden, he was gone, right? And not that it felt odd, I just I just I believed it because I thought you know everything was everything was okay. Anyway, so my friend comes back to me he goes Marijuana crop? Like this guy's not going to be involved in anything like this. Like he works full time and he's got a head of cattle. He hasn't got time to even sort shit straight. So what's the? It's weird. He goes I'm going to call the owner. Anyway, the owner comes down about 20 minutes later, and he's you know, this is the first time I've met him, As I had approval to be on the property, introduced, really nice fella, and he goes, uh, what do you say? And then, so my friend said, well, he said he came from there, blah, 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 and he said, oh, okay, I'm going to be calling the superintendent tonight, and we're like, oh, okay, and he goes, did you check any of the firearms or anything? And he said, no, nope, didn't ask, because even we had a license, turned around where he came, Went back around the corner and disappeared about 50, 100 metres away from us. And he goes, yeah, I know what was happening. And I go, okay, what's happening? And he said, well, you know, you know what he was doing, don't you? He goes, there's no marijuana crops. I know him. He's a deer hunter. He's on my property scoping deer. And I said, you've got to be kidding. And he goes, well, I said, well, how would you know that? And he goes, because when my friend said where he come from, no way to get through there. It was, co- uh, it was, it was, it was covered by... Three very very large fallen trees. Mm. He Goes there is no way he came from there. So I he know lied and he lied. Oh he goes there's oh no. Geez. He goes there's no way he came from there because uh, three days, less than three days ago, I was there and they haven't been cleared because it's my property. Mm-hmm. And I haven't cleared it, mm-hmm. so no one else would have cleared it. And he goes when you go up the back to get exit out. He goes to my friend. You know where it is. And I, he goes yeah. And he goes well, we'll take him past there, have a look at it, and you'll see that it's were well, impassable and there's no yep. way he could have come from that direction yeah and i'm so so i said well what is he doing it he goes mate he's scoping out deer why do you think yes. as soon as he said he wasn't expecting and he came around the corner for you guys to be there
1: ah, so right. he was
0: looking up the hill and he goes you're not really going to see any deer this time of the year because he goes a lot of them are in the bush but he goes give it about a month when the clover starts mm-hmm. uh yep Coming up, he goes, mate, that you'll probably see, you won't see a heap of them, but he goes, enough to have a look. And he goes, Yeah, you were scoping out deer 100%. I know, I know he's a deer hunter. Jesus. Wow. And I was like, Wow. I said, Well, it sounded believable when I listened to it. He goes, Mate, no one's mm. growing any. It's ridiculous. Mm. And he goes, I know the guy. So I'll be calling the superintendent tonight and giving him a, a, a ribbing, saying, mate, what's going on
3: here? Yeah, your,
0: you, you had no issue to be on my
1: property.
3: Your you know, subordinate perimeter.
0: police officers trespassing to yeah. <laughs> check out the... It's like, and even if, you, even if that was the case and he thought that and there was a legitimate claim that someone was doing something wrong, which there's not, why on earth wouldn't you contact the owner and say, mate, I'm just going to come up onto the property. I've had a report, do you mind? Mm. Because they know the owner of the property as well. It's a small town. Yep. So I just thought of that people would know, sort of explain that because, you know... and. Uh, when I started thinking about it afterwards, I said to myself, yeah, this makes total sense because mm. mate, we had six guns on the ground, like, you know, more long range shooting type rigs, big scopes, mate, not did you have a license? Are these registered? Uh, he went up a bit more forward, did a ute. <laughs> Just got out of there as soon got as he could. Got out of there as soon as he could, mate. And I was like, wow. I said, not even the authorities mm. are abiding by the law. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway, we guys, know I got an email from Brett, which will segue into yeah. uh, our next um, bit of news. So we know the police minister in New South Wales is David Elliott, and it says, this is from Brett. Now, he's, he's actually emailed the office of Minister Elliott. He's also written to Seven News. There's quite a lot of uh, people included on this email. Um, So the minister, he's contacted the the Law Enforcement Conduct Commission as well. This is about David Elliott. He's the police minister in New South Wales shooting a Category R prohibited firearm. Um, Now, he's not a police officer. He's not a corrections officer. And he's not exempt from the Firearms Act to be able to handle a Category R prohibited firearm. Now, (laughs) Have a look at this, Justin, while we're looking at it. What's he holding there in the picture? He's holding the magazine. Yeah. So it's actually got a front foregrip on the bottom of it. instead of the foregrip. And (laughs) he's holding the magazine. It it, it actually looks like he's John Wick doing a quick change.
1: (laughs) And he's just fitting his... It looks Um, weird.
0: It's just, what's he doing? And, you know, listen, do I really... I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't really have a problem doing this, but unfortunately he is a big proponent of the australian gun laws he's been very strong on that type of uh, wording when he's put media releases out now he's at the unfortunately the folly of these bad gun laws um and now i think what should happen it won't because it's been two weeks and everything's been brushed under the carpet i don't know how this is not corruption guys i really don't there's no p650 form to shoot a Category R prohibited rifle on the range. He's not exempt, he's, not a, he's a civilian, he's only a Member of Parliament, that doesn't make him exempt under the Firearms Act. Um, you know, At the end of the day, if you're going to charge law-abiding people for this sort of stuff, then he needs to be charged himself and he needs to go to court and he needs to lose his job. But guess what happens? Because he's the Minister for Police and heaven forbid you can't be caught in anything negative, uh, they're just basically going to let him... Uh, get away from it and get away with it, um, which is disappointing to the average law-abiding shooter. Yeah, look, um, I...
1: Was very distressed when I saw this photo because it's just another example of one rule for us and a different rule for all of you plebs. Uh, look, to be honest, I'm quite confident that there's some obscure waiver that these guys have that you know, if you're a visiting VIP, you are immune while you're doing that. A bit like parliamentary privilege, you can say whatever you like on the floor of Parliament. Um, I don't know the specifics, but I'm confident there is some sort of exemption for these guys to um, to shoot the fun toys that they're quite happy to shoot and, and have fun with uh, but they don't want us to have anything even though we demonstrate far more integrity and um, law-abidingness than the police minister. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bad show all round. Um, it, it'd be nice if they treated us a bit better uh, but, honestly, it just goes to show that there's one rule for them and a different rule for us and unless we do something about it, it's not going to change. It's only going to get worse.
0: That's the thing. What can we do? I mean, he's just, you know, obviously a law under himself. Funny how we expect you guys to abide by mm-hmm. the national uh, the – the um firearms act of 96 but you know you yep. guys won't yeah i don't have to sorry you know like mm. i'm i'm yep. exempt even though i'm not really and you're probably right there probably is something yep. there but i thought it would have come out and they would have had some sort of documentation to put a bed mm. but weeks later we still haven't even uh, uh, we still haven't uh, even received that there's been nothing there so the authorities believe they do not
1: owe us an explanation because we simply do not matter
0: way we can respond what can we do about
1: it well there's a million odd shooters in new in australia and only 220 something thousand of them voted for minor parties and or pro-gun or pro-freedom parties in the last election so that's one in four so the other people if you voted for labor or liberal hang your head in shame because you voted for this and (laughs) it's only going to get worse until we change the way we vote
0: yeah, and Luke emailed in too. He said, hi, mate. Not even a good reason given. This is about the gun shop closures again in WA for illogical reasons. Yeah, I totally agree. So, yeah, so I just was going through the Facebook page, guys, to try and find it. Uh, this one, this one's by the Western Australian Firearms, I think it's Dealers or Traders Association, which is their dealers. Uh, this is from mm-hmm. the WA police. It says, the Emergency Management Act 2005 WA Section 71 Closure of gun stops declaration states that a business is to be closed. This is regardless of what the services you provide. There are no exemptions. So it wouldn't matter if you have, you know, you're selling fishing gear or something like that. If you sell firearms and ammunition... You have to shut down. Now here comes the last line, which is of course the threatening line. Failure to comply with the directions is punishable by a fine of up to fifty thousand dollars for individuals and two hundred and fifty thousand for body corporates. So that's that. That's basically is uh, the WA police threatening you into submission. That's what that is right there. But we might expect from WA police probably amongst the lowest mm. respected uh, police jurisdiction uh, in Australia. This is how they treat people. You know, in in law, honest, legal, law abiding businesses, threaten you with a fifty or a two hundred and. fine so this is what's happening uh, in WA mate thoughts? Yeah legal action legal action I'll chip in whatever I can it's not a lot but um, this absolutely has to be challenged every way possible so coming up on our next uh, piece of material, here's Mark McGowan. He's the Premier of Western Australia, going on a bit from just a bit earlier. Uh, the comments from Premier Mark McGowan, and this is the most interesting part here. I, would, I wouldn't say interesting, I'd say scariest. Uh, Given the closure of firearms sporting clubs and shooting venues and the need to comply with the social distancing, there is effectively no need for over-the-counter gun sales importantly, we will ensure farmers and rural landholders continue to have access to ammunition for pest control and animal welfare reasons. Again, that's not going to keep people in business at all. But all, you, know, you can't go to a gun range, uh, Justin. Therefore, sorry, mate, you don't need a gun and you don't need to buy a gun.
1: That's right. We'll come around at 5 o'clock tomorrow and collect them. There's nothing you can do about it unless we take action.
0: I mean, it's... I don't know what to say, I man. This is the worst thing uh, I've seen. I've seen in a while, man. Like, it's just with this whole virus yeah um it's just really i don't know what to say i'm just, <laughs> for the first mm. time in quite a while i'm literally gobsmacked and uh you know w a what do you expect yeah I know Shane Aylmore from Valley station has had a massive amount of trouble with the um w a police uh, after he was in that ABC article shooting on his range, you know, legally and lawfully. They just don't like it. They just don't like gun owners. And when, when are people going to realise that? And, you know, people have always saying, well, it's not the guys on the ground, and which Justin just mentioned earlier. I mean, at the end of the day, if they're enforcing these stupid laws and they get told what to do, sorry, I've got no real sympathy for it. Yeah. Just You know, $250,000, that would just cripple a business and put it out of business. But, oh, we can do that. So it's just a threat to shut you up and a threat to get you to shut your business down. Like, we're sick of it shooters are sick of it anyway what can we do moving forward we'll find out hopefully there is going to be some legal action coming up soon uh, from some of these organizations and some people just putting some money together to fight this and get these shops open so people aren't going to be out of work businesses aren't going to be ruined lives aren't going to be ruined and people don't see the untold effects on mental health from shutting down people's businesses and not knowing how they're going to pay their bills and things like this we saw it in 96 Justin. we saw it with um you know, uh, suicides and family breakups and stuff, and businesses going out yep. of business, family units broken up, kids in different families and stuff like that. It's mm. just, it's just not something we want to see moving forward. If we can, if we can try and avoid it. No, it's know, ex- but, it's exactly what you do want to see if you have evil intent and you want to
1: institute a, a state of society where there's massive exploitation and there's nothing that the lower classes can do about it. And that's what we're seeing. We've seen it in other countries around the world. We're seeing it right before our very eyes. They're using this um, hysteria about the virus. Um, There's been swine flu, there's been bird flu, both of which were wider reaching and killed far more people far quicker than what this coronavirus is. And yet the hysteria about it um, is being used as a cover. Like I said before about weasel words, they use the koalas as a cover for bringing in control of land. They're using this coronavirus as a cover for bringing in and these legislation to destroy gun shops because once you can't buy guns and ammunition, you got nothing.
0: Yeah, so that gets back to Brett's email, mate. Thank you for writing in and thank you for getting involved and uh, writing to the LECC. And I think he was the one responsible, actually, for... Uh, making all the media and, and myself aware of it. So you did a pretty good job, dude. I've got to admit, you got the media rolled up and, uh, you know, that's got to be a, a good thing and I'm sure the left-wing media want to take down someone from the right-wing, uh, well, I won't say right-wing, I wouldn't even say their right-wing Liberal Party, more of a left-of-centre uh, mm. Liberal Party here in New South Wales. But, uh, yeah. Let's maintain
1: the rage and uh, do the same thing for other um, other issues. Keep uh, keep up the good work and, and promote shooting-related topics, promote freedom, oppose these new restrictions, put a human face on it so that people understand I'm out of work or I'm about to have to sack my employees and that's going to ruin their lives and the same thing's going to happen to you if they don't lift these restrictions because the economy is just going to
0: crash and everybody's going to be affected. Yeah so thanks Brett writing in, keep up the good work.
4: For outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories, and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. Aussieoutdoorgear.com.au. Quality gear at affordable prices.
0: All right, guys, we've got another email from Michael. Now, We're going to be talking to Pagan Firearms from Queensland uh, in just probably about five to ten minutes, so stick around for that. This is more of just a general question about uh, shooting, so hi Jason, hope you're well. This is from Michael, great podcast. Keep up the excellent work. Thank you. Michael, have you left an iTunes comment? Please (laughs) please do. Uh, I started listening about a year and a half ago and managed to listen to most of your podcasts. Wow. Good work. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. I didn't bore you to death, but I just wanted to reach out and say thank you as your podcast has made me an avid hunter and proud licensed rifle owner. Whoa. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate that. I got my R license, uh, but yet to utilize it. Well, you should Mm -hmm. because really good to get on public land, you know, head down, join one of your, you know, your local clubs or something, get involved and uh, be part of that because you'll meet some really good people. You'll make a lot of lifelong friends. I mean, I probably wouldn't know Justin if I wasn't in the... Yeah, you know, this sort of industry, and mm. I wouldn't have met Mars. I wouldn't have met uh, a lot of my friends that I mm. now hunt with. I met guys that work for uh, fishing companies. I mean, it's just been really, really mm. good. It's so get family. involved in that. Yeah, hopefully one day I'll jump in with a crew that can show me the ropes. Great idea. The sport has w- quickly become a passion of mine. Very addictive. My <laughs> wife thinks I'm mad, but I love it, <laughs> mate. Most of the women do. They think yep. you're mad, especially the ones that don't hunt and mm-hmm. shoot. But uh, you know, that's just the way it is. Hey, don't worry. We've both uh, me and Justin boat dealt with. Uh, uh, yeah. At Ladies in our past that may not have liked our, our hunting and shooting activities, but, you know, you just yep. got to find one that does. Yep, that's and it. And you've sounds like you've already got one. She may think you're mad, but at least she still loves you, mate. That's the main thing. He says he too loves his tickers. He has a T330A6, special edition synthetic, uh, in stainless T1X, and a 22LR Bunny Buster, a 3030 Winchester, which mm, is nice. good too. Mm-hmm. Lever action, I'd love to put a nice scope on it. Any recommendations? Also a beautiful 65 by 55 Swedish mm-hmm. Mauser. A boy, you know, over and under 12-gauge shotgun. Just wanted to get your advice on calibre I should go for next, 2-3, 22-50. I'm leaning to the 223 with the Nikon 4 to 16 by 42 which I saw on an Aussie reviewer on the internet. Uh, mate, your advice would be welcome. So let's go back a few there. Glad you're getting into the sport first off, number one. That's awesome. Uh, if you want to scope, if you're just talking, I'm not sure if you're talking about the T1X or the Winchester lever action, but if you talk about lever action, I don't know. It's not really that far of a shooter i've seen the leopolds are pretty good man something small like a two to seven i think it'd be pretty good for you two to seven by i think they make 32 or two to seven by 30 um that'd be good for you mate just perfect little throw around gun throw it on the quads throw it on the back of the four-wheel drive uh you know on the front handlebars of the motorbike i think that'd work fantastically in regards to two to three or two fifty all depends if you're going to reload, but I don't think it makes a huge difference. You'll get more barrel life out of a two to three, mate. Um, twenty-two two fifty is good. It's something I've been looking at for a while. I've got a two four three, but when you step up that little bit higher, mate, they do get a little bit more expensive to shoot. So if you're looking at saving a bit of cash, I'd probably stick with the twenty-two cow. So like obviously two to three or two fifty use the same bullets. Um, I don't know. I like twenty-two two fifty. That's something I'm looking at down the track. But if you want something just for foxes, it's going to you know twenty-two two fifty is pretty. It's got some bang to it. So if you're just looking at foxes, rabbits, hares, I mean, two to three, even two to three is pretty overkill for rabbits and and small game animals. You probably just shouldn't be off shooting them with a 22, but you've already got that. So, mm. mate, two to three, two fifty, take your pick. Both are going to be fantastic calibers, um, and that four to sixteen by forty two would work perfectly on that two to three if you decide to get one. All that two fifty, which you've just recommended there. Um, you know, I only say, listen, I don't think scopes are that important per se on, on, you know, like if you're just going to go hunting and you're shooting to 100 metres, um, you know, provided it's clear, um, you know, it's a reasonable price, not that, you know, potato junk that's worth about $50 or something that you want to buy. But if you spend three, $400 on a decent three to nine by 40, you're going to get pretty good glass and it's going to do a good job for you, man. I think it's only when you get into, which I'm into now, and don't get into it, <laughs> do not get into long range shooting, man. You're going to have absolutely no money left, but with those sorts of things, of scopes you need good quality and it's mainly not so much about the glass but it's about the tracking of the scope because when if you're dialing shots all the time you need to make when you're dialing when you come back to zero that it actually in fact comes back to zero Mm -hmm. because if it doesn't it's not worth a pinch of anything you're better off just chucking it in the bin because it's never going to work for you Uh, that's why when you need to spend some fairly good money you know in my opinion well above 1500 plus would be a decent amount to sort of spend on one of those sort of scopes but the tracking is the most important and, and getting it to come back to zero. But hunting, mate, if you've got the money, spend more. Spend a lot if you want. You can still get great glass for nighttime shooting for deer and stuff like that all this afternoon into night. And if you're on private property nighttime, um, yeah, get into it and uh, have a bit of fun. But uh, I'm jealous, man. You're buying more guns than I am at the moment. So mm. I have have bought a few more just recently, actually. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I've been. I can't even shoot the bloody things now. I can't even go and do any... Um, reload de- load development On my two new rifles Because I can't mm, <laughs> The bloody down. R- The ranges are closed So Mate Hope Michael Hopefully that answers Your question mate I'm sorry I took a while To get back to you But uh, Enjoy the show And I shall um, uh, Wait to see Some more photos Of the new rifle That you mm. buy Yeah let us know How it goes Alright we've got Anthony Pagan On the show guys Just drop by Just have a bit Of a chat to us We know the uh, Gunshots have been Closing in Queensland And across the country WA Which we spoke On the previous show Show And we were speaking to some retailers in Victoria, but we've got Anthony, mate, thanks for joining us, Uh, your shop's in Townsville, so thanks for joining us, we want to chat about uh, what's happening with the gun shops in Queensland, can you give us a bit more info?
5: Yeah, sure mate, Um, so last Friday uh, we were shut down, as everyone knows, Uh, it went through unannounced at uh, nearly 11 o'clock at night uh, that was at the end of uh, March and no one knew about it. The police didn't know weapons licensing, didn't know, no politicians knew and obviously no dealers knew. So we all um, fought tooth and nail once we became aware of it uh, to reopen our doors. Uh, we managed to reopen on the Tuesday afternoon, but we were under heavy restrictions. So we're not allowed at the moment to trade with um, anyone except for primary producers for firearms and ammunition. And, of course, um, although that's a welcome step in the right direction, primary producers only make up maybe about 5% of our general trade. Yeah. I was,
0: I was posting that about the, on the Facebook page the other day and people were getting a little bit uppity and I was saying, I'm not saying that farmers, you know, like aren't paying their bills or anything like that. What I'm saying is that, you know, most people would know that, you know, primary produce and farmers is only about 5% of a gunshot business. So where do you think it's coming from anyway? Where do you think these issues are coming from? Who made the decision? Is there any whisperings behind the scenes or?
5: <laughs> um, well, there's nothing. If, if official. you can tell us, if you can tell us, yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> I can't tell you everything, but uh, there's nothing official. We haven't been told why we've been shut down. So other industries that have been um, shut down have been told because it's because of social distancing or a virus, or or they've been given some sort of reason, whether they agree with it or not. But we haven't been given any reason whatsoever. They've uh, shut us down in the dead of night, literally, uh, and then just offered no reason. Uh, and it was only because of the pressure from. uh, some of the shooting organisations and dealers and the public themselves um, voicing their opposition to just blatantly shutting down the business that were even able to reopen. Um, And it also... By shutting us down like that also put the public at risk too because you think how many pallets of guns and ammo are in transit at any one time and that wasn't able to be taken into gun shops. So we don't know where it's come from. We know that it's come from the um, from the from obviously the Labor government, but they won't give us any more information uh, than what you know officially.
1: Can you tell us where the guns and ammo are now?
5: We have been – so on Monday uh, when we were – sorry, we were told to cease trading on the Saturday – uh, by Monday morning when it became evident that this decision wasn't thought through very well because hundreds and hundreds of pallets of guns and ammo were turning up at gun shops that had a closed sign on the window and we were telling people, sorry, we're, we can't trade, we can't take this in. It was then having to be taken back to the depot. So, of course, uh, it was panic stations with the depots and, and the um, other other industries as well because they're not, they can't sort of cope with that demand and the backup for for um, uh, gun shops is the police. Now the police have got a million things they've got to do, but babysitting guns and ammo for dealers isn't really one of them. Mm. So and they just simply physically don't have the room to do it. So um, yeah, once that got uh, overturned, or sorry, it didn't get overturned. The decision got exceptions put in, put in place that enabled us to take freight in, uh, and it enabled us to trade with uh, as um, as an offset, I suppose, to trade with primary producers. But it's really just a token gesture.
0: Yeah, what, are, what do you think is going to happen from here on in? Do you reckon they're going to open it back up? How long do you think it's going to be? Have you been given any assurances or anything like that?
5: No, nothing like that, mate. Um, my guess is as good as yours where, um, you know, the, the firearm industry um, employs um, tens of thousands of people Uh, statewide. And a lot of those people are um, not sure whether they've got a job to go back to. A lot of people are taking leave, obviously, while this can be sorted out. Uh, We're in the same boat. Our boys are all on leave at the moment and we want to get them back in and working. I'm sure they want to come back as well. Uh, But no one knows how long it's going to go for. Um, There's been no consultation with industry whatsoever. It's just been a decision made, knee-jerk decision made by the government without consultation. and, And now we're seeing the ramifications of that
1: Without any specifics, um, it, if this was to go on for three weeks or four weeks or six weeks or six months, um, what's the general state of the firearms and hunting and fishing industry in Queensland? Would that destroy it completely? Would If it goes for three weeks, would that wipe out a great number of the shops who would just go bankrupt because they can't stay open?
5: Look, every shop tends to have its own niche. So uh, for us, our niche is that besides firearms and ammunition, we also cater heavily to the dogging industry, uh, trapping industry, and we also manufacture in-house. So we've diversified into those industries Deliberately, quite a some time ago so that if one area got legislated more heavily than the other we could continue to trade but not every shop's the same no two shops are the same and we've heard from other shops that have said we're shutting our doors until this blows over we just can't afford um, to open the cost to open each day is mm. more than we're bringing in um, other shops that have cut scaled back their trading hours um, massively uh, but as far as time frames go it varies from shop to shop some shops um Maybe on the brink of, you know, they might have um, just invested heavily in expanding, or they may have um, just taken on new staff, or for whatever reason, um, you know, just like any business, you you grow and then you maintain. Some of those might might not last. Um, very long. Others might be able to weather the storm because they have greater finances. So there's no one rule for everyone. But I, the one thing that is the same across the board is that everyone's feeling the financial pressure, um, regardless of how big or small they are.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to find out not you specifically, but I mean you've had to put you know workers off. What are the workers hmm. saying? And also, in the, I guess a supplementary question to that is: I mean, realistically, I don't want to go into your finances or anything. That's not yeah. what I'm here to do. But how long before it really starts? You start saying, "Man, this is hurting now, and it's going to be touch or go." we can continue with the shop or not
5: yeah yeah um look our boys are like i think they understand i think most reasonable people understand that it's not a decision that the individual businesses have made it's through no fault of their own they're being literally legislated out of business um without any um anything in foresight for how long we can do it for but yeah look businesses generally operate um on on accounts or pay up front. So we we don't operate on consignment or anything like that. So all the stuff that you see when you walk into a gun shop is either paid for or is being paid for in the immediate future. So you imagine how much stock is different um, is held and every shop's mm. different. That stock needs to be turned over. And if that stock doesn't need to be turned it doesn't get turned over, then bills don't get paid. So you look it's it's hard to put a number on, but I would say You know, guessing that when it starts to come month to month, you know, maybe after four weeks, people are going to start looking to how am I going to pay my suppliers when I've still got all this stock here that I ordered four weeks ago, and that's when we're going to start to really see um, tough decisions Mm -hmm. made on um, on what they can do, and they can't put it out for sale um, and do a special on it. It's got nothing to do with that, but it's very expensive goods to put on the shelf with very low margin in return. So it's a yeah, it's a volatile mix, I mm. guess, to try and um, to not be able to sell stuff that's such a, an expensive product to begin with.
1: Okay. Two, two, two quick questions, but the same theme: um, mm. legal action against the government, or uh, are the people who are off work uh, can they be writing letters and uh, you know, contacting the media, telling them how much it's hurting by being off work? Uh, the finan- yeah. putting a human face on the financial pain.
5: Yeah, um, definitely the second question, um, anyone that's affected by this should be on the phone, should be writing to their local minister, should be calling them up, should be visiting them. Be polite about it but Mm. be very, um, uh, explain the situation well because as gun shops we can only do so much. The industry bodies can only do so much. Um, We need it to come from the grassroots level. Um, There's a lot more uh, individuals and I'm, I'm a hunter too. I was a hunter long before Um, We started this business, but um, that's where it needs to come from more so than anyone, because that's spread out across the entire state and entire country. In fact, we've seen the other guys in the West and and down in Vic now being targeted as well. Um, You know, we've all been targeted to different degrees and we really need people all in those regions and also outside those regions speaking up because... Um, If you think that New South Wales or some of the other states aren't going to follow suit, you've got your head in the sand. You really need to be proactive about it. Um, And back to your first uh, question about uh, about, um, legal action, look, um, can't go into that too much, Um, but if any industry was told they had to shut their doors and not given a valid reason or some sort of um, compensation or some sort of um, work through, doesn't matter what industry it would, that would compensate, that would um, set them up for legal action. So I'm sure that there will be stuff coming from that arena, um, from who, how much, all that, I can't go into that, but um, it, the government really needs to look at this and go, we've, we've made a mistake, we need to reverse it, because um, with actions come consequences. So we want to make sure that everyone um, continues to... Um, you know, continues to trade, and because the government can't hand out a lot of money if they're not going to uh, get the taxes back in, they need us trading as well. So,
0: I want to ask a question too about you know, bit, obviously, you know that was a few price price hikes. The dollar was pretty shit there a couple of weeks ago before we found out about the gun closures. Were you seeing an increase in business because the dollar was bad and the increases in prices from the importers and people wanting to get in and just get a few good deals on existing stock?
5: Oh, definitely. Look, the um, the whisper that we, the unofficial whisper is that the government's trying to link domestic violence and, um, and also stockpiling of ammunition to um, the closures, although they're not willing to come out publicly and say this. Um, but that's the whisper um, that we're hearing. Now, there's two things at that, that. There's absolutely zero credibility in that argument for domestic violence, whether there's vetted people on the planet, as you know. Um, and number two, if you've got a shortage of ammunition um, and, and firearms coming out of America because they have um, bought up all existing stock or the majority of it, that means that whatever you have in transit and whatever you have in stock in the country, that's, uh, that's going to be it. And then if you combine that with the drop in the dollar, a massive where the dollar's gone through the floor, that's going to put uh, a price rise, imminent price rise coming, and it is in the next couple of weeks. We are going to see across the board from all wholesalers somewhere between a 15 to 20% rise. Now, that's a really big jump in the gun industry. So um, then the third thing is if you combine – um, certain hunting seasons or um, for us, it's weather up here in North Queensland. We don't have a season as such, but in Victoria, you got your duck season. Up here, we're coming out of a, a wet season where the weather is much better. So all three of those things are going to contribute to people um, buying a little bit more than they usually would to make sure that they can see through um, and, and aren't going to run out. Um, and then on top of that people are being told stay at home don't go out unnecessarily so instead of going to the gun shop twice a week they might only go once a week so they buy twice as much so there's all these factors it's not um, it's not anything uh, sinister it's just simply a combination of these factors that's that's enabling it.
0: What about after the you know closures I mean you can sell to um, primary producers and feral pest controllers etc how many customers were you seeing say before the the uh, bands and the gun shops to open to now like how many you know, customers are you getting through to the uh, through the mm. doors at five percent of your turnover
5: yeah it's uh, it's not as many uh, there's definitely been a drop and I think the main reasoning, we're still getting a lot of phone calls. See, some of our trade's online, some's over the phone and, and some is walk into store. There has been um, probably a, a drop, but there's more confusion than anything. People don't know where they stand from we're getting decision in the morning and then a reversal in the afternoon. We saw that with the, with the fishing and no one knows exactly what they're able to do. So a lot of people calling up, fielding a lot of phone calls about what they can and can't do. Um, but, it, yeah, it has slowed down a little bit, um, but – um, I do expect that if we can continue to put pressure and get a reversal, that that, that will quickly turn around and people will go back to, um, you know, shopping as they usually would. Um, and every time the, the government overreaches and, and oversteps the mark and says, no, we're going to ban this, and they don't give a real good reason, and, and the Adler shotgun was a classic example of that. We all remember that. The first thing people do is go, I'm going to buy one because the government said I can't have one, or the government's made that we believe that was the wrong decision that they made. So. Hopefully, you know, something like that might be a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, but um, it just depends how long it lasts and how many dealers get to that light.
0: Mate, last question just before we finish mm. off. Uh, when it does reopen, I mean, with the price hikes because of the bad dollar, do you think that'll affect people buying uh, moving forward when the gun shops do open? Or
5: Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, that's going to be probably one of the um, single most um, – resistors I guess so stock that's on shelf stock that's on hand isn't going to be affected but new stock coming in or special orders and things like that um, there's going to be a jump in price so whereas you might have gone and bought something for for say $50 and now it's $60 you know some people might go well I'm not going to buy that I'll just wait for the price to come down and the price isn't going to come down the price is going to sustain for quite some time so there will definitely be a slowing I think in people buying it but I think um, most people that understand business and and uh, understand that you know that our industry is uh, heavily tied to the dollar we'll understand that look there's no point in holding out and a lot of people um, to their credit are supporting their local gun shop wherever it is um, and coming in and um, people are. we've had people come in and say I want to buy something just to help you guys out so um, you know if people can't buy guns and ammo go and buy a gift voucher go and buy um, a, a bag of dog food go and buy something that your local gun shop sells and help them get through even if they can't sell you guns and ammo.
0: All right mate I really appreciate that thanks for uh, coming on and give us your intake on what's uh, an input what's happening in Queensland I spoke to a, a few gun shops in Victoria just a bit earlier and uh, they were sort of saying hopefully you know they're chop tra- maybe there's a bit of a musing around that they're just trying to get over that Easter period and they might open it up back up after the Easter long weekend so hopefully there's some credence to that I'm not going to bank on it because as you know this government they're just a pack of you know a holes sometimes the way they treat <laughs> gun owners and law abiding shooters and give us that. Absolutely no reason. So hopefully that's true, but it will nice, but uh, won't hold my
5: breath. I know. I
0: thought I was hunting uh, this Thursday because uh, you know public land hunting was open in New South Wales, and then you know I go and buy a swag. I'm on my way home, and guess what? Game over. So <laughs> I guess I won't be using that swag for a while. Anyway, Anthony from Pagan Farms, thanks for joining me to give your input on Queensland and what's happening up there in the gun shop in Townsville. Appreciate
2: it. Thanks
5: for uh, coming on the show. No worries, guys. Thanks very much for having me.
2: The new Zeiss Conquest V4 line of high-performance rifle scopes combines tried and true Zeiss optics with a rugged and functional design, providing high-definition glass, enhanced with T-Star and low-to-tech protective lens coatings produces 90% of the eye-light transmission. This means excellent low-light performance and resolution across the entire magnification range. Zeiss Conquest V4 rifle scopes were designed as a lightweight, high-performance scope for demanding hunting and shooting applications. Visit osaaustralia.com.au to find your local dealer. Zeiss. We make it visible.
0: Well, guys, we just heard from Anthony from Pagan Firearms in uh, Townsville. What do you think, mate? What's uh, How do you think this is going um, to affect the gun owners going forward? This is going to...
1: Even if the restrictions were lifted tomorrow, it's already had a, a big impact on the finances, on people who've been laid off, people who've... Um, uh, had they had to take annual leave or, or reduce their leave entitlements? There's already people suffering. Uh, not to mention the people who've had to be laid off and uh, people who are risking late payments. It's affecting the whole economy. And my great concern is is that the in, the restrictions were put in very quickly and they're going to be lifted very slowly and with a lot of um, fine print. And, and like, like, we, like we saw with the restrictions being put in, a, a heavy-handed approach and then some minor exemptions uh, for, for a, a few uh, special cases, um, I cannot envision a, a situation where it will go back to how it was in January uh, unless we all get together and send a very clear signal to the government that we want this to go back to how it was before and we want suppressors as well because you may as well ask for a pony uh, and then settle <laughs> for a puppy if that's what you want. Hey, that's what the other side do. They <laughs> smash you down and say it's all banned, the gun shops have to close or we'll fine you $50,000. <gasps> oh, you're pushing back? Okay, we'll let you have primary producers. Do you reckon
0: suppressors will be our unicorn? What do you
1: reckon? We may as well ask for it or or whatever. make a list. What what do we want? 22 semi-auto back in c- Category B. I don't
0: know. Anything really would be nice. I mean, anything really at all. Yeah. not so getting anything at the moment. Let's ask for it. So we're going to come up with the next one too. This is interesting. I got a message now. I checked out the guy's Facebook page, so it seems legitimate. So I just wanted to go through that with you guys. It says, hi, Jason. I was just chatting to my – I'm not going to give the details – to my stepmom. She's a police officer and just started working at the firearms registry. She said that in the next few months they're going to start crack down on people getting permits to acquire for firearms of the same category. Well, this would probably apply to me. <laughs> that they already own. She told me to get them in now while – they can before they change it up, as they are going to reject uh, or severely delay permits if people already have numerous category A and B firearms. Cheers, this certain person. Let's call him Trevor, just for the sake of this. But, mm. mate, this is not surprising. I've been seeing this coming for a while about starting to put pressure on people with multiple different firearms from the same category. So, whether it's maybe a varmint rifle or a, a sporter weight pencil barrel for hunting, maybe you want something with a shorter barrel to go on a quad. You know, you're going to have to, you know, the powers that be are now going to tell us what we can and can't own. This isn't even a secret. David Shoebridge is
1: on record saying that he wants a limit of three firearms per owner, like a maximum limit. Uh, not in each category or anything like that. He wants the most firearms anybody can own to be a number of three and a maximum of five shots per magazine. So guess what? He's getting his wish. What are we doing about it? Sitting around whining on Facebook. i um, it's it's just reality and and now we've got inside information that, that it's being implemented. And unless we make a big fuss about it, it's just gonna go ahead. And then you put in a PTA and wonder why you never get any response.
0: All right, we've got another going out to the Facebook questions too. Guys, this is this is pretty important stuff that we've been talking about what's happening in the industry. But he says, this is from Zach. He said, hey, I'm a total beginner never been hunting. Well, mate, welcome to the club, sir. You're in for some awesome times. I'm in the process of getting my license in Queensland. That's great news. I've been uh, trying to research groups, et cetera, to get into the sport. I live in the Ipswich area near Brisbane. I've stumbled upon your podcast the last couple of days and have been listening and learning. So thank you very much for the excellent content. I was wondering if you know of any groups in my area that I could contact or maybe get a uh, foot in the door. Mate, just call one of your local clubs. I mean, I'm not going to give any specifics because just because I'm not sure of your particular area. But if you find one of your local groups, find one of your local hunting groups, mate. Get involved, meet new people, uh, and go shooting with them try and meet new people try and meet new friends in the shooting industry so do that i just join one of your independent clubs i mean you know you do have your bigger clubs but you know it's up to you whether you want to spend your money on those specific clubs you know you're only new to the sport so you haven't really got into the <laughs> the political side of it yet you may very well see it after you get into firearms ownership and realize you know it's not just going hunting and shooting but you actually have to fight for your sport and actually have to do things so you know that's okay you're new you're fresh you know got a great outlook and you'll be ready to hit the ground running so just yeah google your local clubs in your area Zach because ultimately I think that's where you're going to get the best work you're going to be able to work with the people that are there make new friends learn from people that also live in your area and you may find some good friends maybe they've got access to a bit of property maybe they can help you out maybe they can can teach and learn off them Uh, I think ultimately that's the way forward, mate. So thanks, Zach, for writing in. I really appreciate it. All right, next one, Facebook. We've got a couple of voicemails coming up too, guys, so stay tuned for that. Um, This is from Jeff. He says, hi, mate, just wanted to reach out. Based in WA, a big fan. Well, thanks very much. I'm new to hunting and haven't ever owned a gun before. Me and my wife have just bought our first home, congratulations, Uh, which allowed me to be able to purchase my first rifle. Uh, I couldn't put a gun uh, in our rental, gun safe in his rental property. Uh, I was so freaking excited to get down to the firearm shop this weekend uh, to sit my gun safety test and start the process of purchasing my rifle and find out Say that all gun shops in WA closed. Man, this hurts. Honestly, it hurts more because I've supported small business and finally I'm in a position to go in and spend some decent coin on a couple of rifles and now I'm seeing guys lose their livelihood. I realise how much bigger this is than me just losing out on my first rifle for a little longer anyway I don't really know the reason behind this message more just to say how this sucks but sucks I see the bigger picture of guys losing jobs I'm worried about the long-term livelihood of gun shops ever opening Uh, again gun laws are already bad enough here in WA I feel this could be the start of the end I'm a religious man but don't hold that against me and honestly I'm praying so hard At the moment, as I'm more worried about our freedom being taken away from us than I am about this virus, I really appreciate your podcast, mate, the big reason I've been bitten by the bug, just a shame that my chances of owning a rifle and getting into hunting are reducing by the day, well, first, a couple of things there, mate, it's never the end of the world, we just need to move forward a little bit, um, Mate, you'll, you'll get your guns very soon, mate. I can assure you of that. And you're going to head out there. You're going to have a great time. You're going to be hunting. You're going to be shooting. You're going to be just loving it. And, um, yeah, you just it's a great sport to be a part of, mate. It's great to see that you're getting into, which is a bit of a rabbit hole, as me and Justin are well aware of, <laughs> the the political aspect. Uh, even in shows like this, I tell people before, they're always like, ah, too much political content. Yet it's the best rating show on the platform. So, Go figure, guys! I can't please mm. everyone, but we try and have something for everybody. So, yep. what do you think about uh, look, uh, Jeff's? Jeff, uh, welcome message? to the
1: family. Um, you will you will have so much fun. You will meet so many wonderful people of all kinds, and the one thing they have in common is they're lovely, tolerant people who are very disciplined, very law abiding, very hospitable. And it doesn't matter what kind of trigger you pull; you're all part of the family. Um, and honestly, <laughs> getting in on the ground floor with an experience like this, I hope you can become a big advocate um, in in WA if you can get in touch with the media and express to them how much you're feeling. Media loves to hear people talking about their feelings. Uh, but if you can express to them how much you're worried about local businesses because you've got money to spend, but this knee-jerk reaction is is preventing it. And I've just had a, me- a meme come up on my my Facebook feed, the coronavirus will come and go. But the government will never forget how easy it was to take control of your life, to control every sporting event, classroom, restaurant table and church pew, and if you, if, even if you are allowed to leave your home or not. The, you may, As a shooter, you may not be interested in politics, but I can guarantee you every politician is very interested in a shooter and and terminating their shooting ability, making them take up lawn bowls or knitting or something that's not going to be able to be a threat to a tyrannical government. Uh, it's It's a sad situation. I wish it wasn't the case, but it is. And this is what we're facing in Australia. We're looking at massive government overreach. And even people on the left, even people who don't want us to have private firearms ownership are concerned about the loss of freedom because they can see where it ends. It ends with them being restricted as well as us. So, exactly. welcome to the family. Uh, you, you're going to have a wonderful time once the once the virus panic lifts, but I wish that you can help us to push back and, and be a voice for reason and be a voice against discrimination, because that's all it is. It's blatant discrimination, and it's wrong, and it needs to be called out, and if you can help us in Western Australia, your efforts are much appreciated.
0: Exactly. Well said. Couldn't have said it better myself, Jeff. Thanks for writing in. Go and get your guns. Write in. Let us know. AustralianHuntingPodcast@gmail.com. Let us yeah. know what you're actually going to buy, us a photo. mate. Yeah, we want to see photos. We, you know, we, we, I know, th- I know. This is a podcast, and we can't see photos. We can. Well, if we mm. get them in our email, we can see photos. Yeah, pics so. or it didn't happen. Come yeah, on, Yeah, exactly, mate. You can't tell us you're buying something without sending us some awesome photos, man. Come on, you should know that. But anyway, thanks, Jeff, for writing in. Uh, we really appreciate it.
4: Renowned for their strength, reliability and attention to detail, Moroku shotguns are the perfect example of what a sporting shotgun should be. Moroku have been producing quality products for over a century and sold in Australia since 1963. Each Moroku shotgun is crafted with precision, from the MK Trap and sporting models to the all-round best-selling field shotgun, the MK70. Visit morokushotguns.com.au for more details and stockists. All right, we've got another voicemail. Actually, our first
0: voicemail from Michael. He's actually sent in two questions, which uh, I think is absolutely awesome. So what we're going to do, we're just going to play it through. might stop it uh, through parts of his question. And, yeah, we'll just maybe address it uh, throughout the part of it. We've got this new deck here, guys. So we're all, like, in the 21st century now. We can do it all in one go. So this is from Michael. Hi, Jason.
2: This is Mick from WA. I just want to make a comment on our licensing laws. Um... Now, I've got a three oh eight Palmer rifle and a twenty two Magnum. Now, I can go out to a farm that I have friends on, and I can use my twenty two Magnum to shoot foxes and so on, but I can't use a .308 um, because it's club use only.
0: Now, I just want to stop it there. I didn't even know they... Can they not use 308s over there in regards to pest or stockage? I didn't think that was true, mate, but if it is, yeah, I'd like to hear more about that, actually.
1: Maybe the conditions of the PTA are club use only? Wow, that's a very bizarre bureaucratic restriction. Maybe it's like the farmers who can only use their primary
0: producer firearm on the farm and can't take it. Yeah, that's interesting. I might yeah, send us in more about that, Michael. We'd love to hear more about that. But you know what? Guess it is WA again. <laughs> WA strikes again. Mm. You might get a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine just because they can. Yep. You know? Let's continue.
2: But if I get a two two three, if I get a processing of the license and all that to get another firearm, for example a two two three, to shoot foxes at those longer distances. Now if I want to get an air rifle just for a bit of target practice and bit of fun. I've got to go through the whole licensing process again. I just think that's utterly ridiculous.
0: Yeah, well, we know that's ridiculous yep. again because we're talking uh, about yep. WA here. <laughs> no one is really surprised, Michael. Yeah. I, I, I like Michael because, you know, it just, he knows that he can sense the ridiculous. He's mm. not sure why it's happening. Um, it, it's just common sense, isn't it? Yep. And people are just writing in saying, I can't believe this is happening. Like they seem shocked by it. But I've been around here for ten years. I'm not surprised mm. at all because it is WA and it does nothing shocks me out of WA. Nothing shocks me from other states around the country because that's what we've come to expect. Um and normal people that see this stuff just go, It doesn't make sense. They might have conversation with friends, family, say this doesn't make sense, but and then we just go, oh yeah, we know <laughs> we've known this for a long time. But uh, anyway, I wish we're going to continue.
2: Considering it's not even a firearm; it's an air arm. And yeah, the I can have a two two three, but I've got to go through that process. They don't allow me to have an air rifle, even though I'm allowed to have a two two three. I just think it's utterly ridiculous. And I've noticed that Donald Trump has now declared that firearms are an essential item, which I think is fairly fair because during this epidemic of the coronavirus, I think you need to be able to protect whatever you've got, so when everyone's going silly. So, yeah, I'd like to your comments on that one, Jason. Catch you later.
1: Yeah, look, the fundamental issue is Australia is a prison colony, a penal colony, and nothing's changed. And we are, although we're born uh, in the, in Australia, uh, the, the authorities treat us like we're just the children of convicts and we can't be trusted with, with firearms because we might overthrow the government. Um, that view... Is what is shaping all of this legislation that you've just talked about and the cognitive dissonance of people who've been, you know, been through the school system and taught that the government's elected by the people and it passes laws that help people and the government has your best interests at heart. And then when you come up against evidence that proves, hang on a minute, the government doesn't have my best interest at heart, and this is nonsensical the the feeling of craziness that you're experiencing is called cognitive dissonance and there's a lot of people experiencing it right now you know you can see on social media where they're just screaming for more government legislation and and dobbing in their neighbors for having a you know going for a walk
0: yep mate totally agree it's uh, not good at the moment things we have to deal with um, I'd like people to write in, actually, and uh, let us know what they think. You know, what do you think about mm. all these restrictions? You know, Michael's obviously seeing the issues that are arising for hunters and shooters, not just in WA, but all the issues from Victoria, New South Wales, hunting, going out, fishing. I mean, I think, geez, Daniel Andrews has gone full, full Hitler, I think, down in there in Victoria. They can't even, you know, look in the opposite direction yeah. without getting a fine. So uh, the Victorian branch of the Communist Party. I know, it's just getting uh, crazy. We wanted to go on to the second question from Michael.
2: Hi, Jason. This is Mick from WA. I just want to make a comment on uh, some of our gun restrictions over here as far as shooting on property. Now, we don't have Crown Land shooting over here. We're not allowed to shoot on public land. But in WA, we have a lot of stations that the pastoralists have just walked away from and they're basically abandoned stations. Now, the feral animals are... Just going silly over there, wild goats and so on. Also, out in our remote areas, we have a lot of wilds. Yeah, just basically vermin in general. And I think that the farmers saying we can't take goats and so on that are vermin off stations. I think if you have a gun license, you should be allowed to take vermin off those stations um as long as you have a gun license and so on without them stopping you they're vermin they don't own them even though it's their land i mean if you're a prospector and you're a prospecting license you can go go you can go on pastoralist land and prospect and they can't stop you so i think the same thing should be available for shooters um, to be able to take vermin off a pastoralist land um because they don't own them so yeah I'd just like to hear your comments on that one jason
1: yeah, look, that um, makes no sense at all to me, and at the same time, with Western Australia, so it does make perfect sense. Um, there's <laughs> a couple of guys there that you should put this in writing to. Um, uh, Aaron Stonehouse and is it Rick Mazza, who's the the, the um, LDP and SSFP um, reps over there, um, can both work together to help. It's it's the sort of um, libertarian thing the LDP would be uh, would be in support of. And, uh, of course, shooters, fishers and farmers would absolutely be uh, in favour of rolling back some draconian overreach and uh, cull some feral animals. So I'd encourage you to look those guys up. They're both on uh, on Facebook and on social media. They've got websites. Um, and while you're at it,
0: ring up your local
1: MP, whoever they are, introduce yourself to them and uh, raise the issue with them.
0: I guess the only issue you'd probably find is if even the passers still there is, you know, people coming across their property with firearms. That'd be the only issue without people knowing they're there. I don't know, actually, if the prospectors have to, you know, notify the landowner or the passers that are on the property. Um, I've got no idea in that respect. I'm not up to speed on that legislation or what would be required there, but I'm sure you'd have to get probably... Do you have to get their approval? That's the question. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't have an issue with that as long as you have permission from the from the owner to be on the land um it's fine yeah yeah it's more just you're not sure if you're just going on the land if you're approved to without their knowledge i'd say that'd probably be a no just be you know even if you were allowed to do that which i don't think you are you'd have to i mean it'd just be common sense i think to let the landowner know mm. you're actually on their property and you know anyone can say anything when someone's on a property but you know uh, carrying around a, a prospector's little tin thing to find gold compared to carrying a firearm on a property's that's very two different things, you know, same as, you know, carrying a fishing pole on someone's property or a gun. It's just two completely different things. So it's always good to do the right thing. last thing you need is, you know, being slapped with fines or slapped mm. with, you know, a court hearing notice and they take your guns off you, mate, because then you're not going to be able to go out and hunt. You're not going to be able to go right. out and shoot. And it's going to be a big problem and you're going to spend lots of money to defend yourself. Remember the state has all types of money to bankrupt you. Never forget that. Um, and you have to defend yourself. You have to spend money and you can't beat the state, mate, unfortunately. Mm. We've seen that a lot recently. Um, they have endless amounts of funds to bankrupt you. So, you know, it's better off. We just do the right thing. Make sure you get approval. Make sure the farmer knows what's going on. It's just the best way to go about things and keep everyone in the loop. And if there's any issues at all with that or farmer, I would say don't, don't hunt there. Mm. It's the last thing you want to do them. Uh, is uh, on, on the phone to the police ringing triple zero, to have them come out and arrest you so anyway michael thanks for writing in i do appreciate it, it was great having you in again guys if you want to write in and send us a voicemail go to the website au. click on that uh, right-hand side toolbar that says leave voicemail. If you've got any topics you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you or email me directly, australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. But we do love the voicemails. We love hearing your voice, you know, here at Loveline. <laughs> uh, that would be greatly appreciated. So send them in and we'd love to play them on the show to, to have a chat about the topics you're interested in, not just what we're interested in, we want to hear from you. It doesn't so. even cost you $5.50 per minute. <laughs> exactly. Justin only charges 4 95 <laughs> Anyway, guys, so, yeah, just write in, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. All right, guys, to finish off, we've got a bit of audio because we always like to find out what's happening uh, with our Kiwi friends, Jacinda Ardern. She's, like, pretty much ruined New Zealand. I've got a lot of New Zealand friends. I was only talking about it yesterday. But it's funny how old Winston Peters, old Winnie, uh, has really sold out his constituents of New Zealand first in New Zealand to side with the Labor government on uh, all things gun reform. Now, Mike Hosking here, Uh, which he talks about gun reform, the latest Labor NZ first headache. This was on March 9th of 2020. And I think there's some really interesting stuff. We'll stop it throughout. We'll have a bit of a chat uh, about some certain things uh, during this thing, but Mike's well on his way. He doesn't own guns, and he sees the absolute blunder the Labour and New Zealand First governments in New Zealand have made in regards to firearms. So, what we'll do is we'll we'll play that, and I think we'll just have a listen to it, maybe stop it, and talk about some of these issues. But this is Mike Hosking, uh, and this is from News Talk uh,
3: ZB.CO.NZ. That aside, I can assure you, in different circumstances, the fact that New Zealand First. And now holding gun reform up, would be major, major news. If for no other reason, then there are large swathes of New Zealanders who feel they've been badly treated by this government. It would also be news for the sheer politics of this, in that New Zealand First has clearly worked out their support to this point, has damaged them badly in the polls, and they... Good, good, good point to stop there. Do you reckon it has damaged them and damaged their polls? Absolutely, and I hope it damages it more than they
0: realise. Yeah, I know, It's it's... Why? And you know, is it about looking good? What's it about? No, is it about, about appeasing people? Was it about it, looking like doing something? This, or? this is UN
1: Agenda 21 and the, the um, Hillary Clinton and John Podesta have met with Jacinda Ardern and continued her long training as a socialist puppet. And Winston Peters has obviously been promised some sort of reward if he goes along with it. He'll either be immune from prosecution from what he's done in the past or he'll be enriched or he'll have some cushy board position or he'll be given a private island in Greece when Europe falls apart. Whatever he's been promised uh, to go along with it and people will do anything, anything to gain power and then retain it. There is no level they will not stoop to. There is no person they will not sell. In order to retain power, and this is what we're seeing right in front of us now.
3: Stand to see some of that support wander off to ACT, who have stood firm on the guns and the zero carbon. So look more impressive to gun owners and farmers.
0: And I just want to say one thing: the ACT, the ACT Party, ACT Party is David Seymour, and he's been very strong yes. on guns, very yeah. strong, and uh, been one of the only supporters. Uh, of gun ownership pretty much uh, in the New Zealand government. Yeah, National's trying to faff around the edges now because election's coming up. Got to try and appease the gun owners because we might need their votes. So he's been very good. But I just um, to...
1: Yeah, I'm very surprised he hasn't been referred to a, uh, a, a corruption watchdog or something by the government to try and get rid of him. <laughs> That's he's, the sort
0: of thing they do. He's been doing a fantastic job.
3: Uh, the Police Association didn't do themselves a lot of good either, I thought, last week by calling on New Zealand First and National to swing in behind the reform. Because as good a job as the police do, what most of us has worked out by now is that the people they deal with, i.e. the crims, aren't exactly lining up for registration, for handing in their semi-automatics or doing anything much legal at all. And that-
0: I'm telling you, I'm really liking this guy. I'm shocked, shocked. We're, we've got to get Mike Hosking, and he's not even a gun owner, but he mm. sees through the bullshit. Mm. He sees mm. through this crap. He sees through Winston Peters, Jacinda Ardern. We know what's happening, and this is from a guy that's not even a gun owner. So I think it's important that you know we should probably bring him over here. Can we pay him to come up? Maybe he can represent us. He might actually get something done. At least get him on the show.
3: (laughs) Actually, you know what? That's a great idea. That's a great idea. It is what has left this whole exercise down so badly. A person like me who's got no vested interest in guns, doesn't own a gun, will never own a gun, couldn't really care less if they're licensed or not. You can see, though, as clear as day that what the government were trying to do and what they've done bears little of any resemblance to the events of Christchurch. Yes, we have a lot of guns, but no, we don't use them to kill people. The stats show it. I looked them up. If you were trying to link weaponry to murder, you couldn't do it. The stats are remarkably consistent over a very long period of time. I'm really liking this guy. Yeah, this is the the same message
1: we've been saying all along. And my only regret is he's not um, talking about how Brendan Tarrant was able to get his firearms
3: purchase and licence expedited by the police when it was apparent that he was a nutter. Even as gun ownership went up, the murder rate didn't. We are not a murderous country, and certainly not with guns. So the government reform rounded up large numbers of farmers, hunters and pest controllers and involved inconveniencing them With bureaucracy, the fact that 56,000 guns got handed in tells you all you need to know in a country of well over a million guns that didn't touch the (laughs) sites. And although technically there are fewer guns around, a lot of those guns have been replaced by new guns, of course. No one's been murdered, but politically the anger remains. Step in New Zealand first to milk it and go for the votes. As for Labour, it's embarrassing given March 15 is next week and the aim was to have the law sorted out by then. Add to this Jones, to the SFO mess, the CGT... The zero carbon farmers carve out the fee baits, and a lot of Labour and Green members have got to be pretending right now that things are just peachy when they know exactly the opposite is true. Mm. Very I good. certainly
1: hope so, and I, I, all I can hope is that New Zealanders as a group band together, do the right thing, and throw these people into the dustbin of history because uh, this journalist may have no interest in guns for now. But wait until the economy collapses and all your neighbours are out looking for food and you've got some, you're going to want some way to protect yourself, mate, especially if the criminals, the mongrel mob, the the mongrel mob went on live TV and said,
0: we're not handing in our guns, we need them to protect our drug shipments. Exactly. the, The criminals are still armed. Yeah, uh, my question is: is how many how many criminals in New Zealand do you think will uh, abide by the rules and get gun licenses and uh, and uh, register their firearms? How many do you think? I'll tell you exactly the same number <laughs> as happened in Australia. Is that zero? Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show, our second show. Justin, thanks for being part no, of it. Thanks I really for appreciate it. Me. It's So uh, always good to have and try and get a lot of different people Mm -hmm. on the show to give their different Mm -hmm. opinions sometimes it's a bit hard guys because it's getting people you know on the show with the the sort of knowledge and know what's going on in the community like the political aspect of of sort of not just what we're doing but them being part of it themselves because when you come on to show like this you've got to sort of be looking at a lot of different things you've got to know who the people are and i've sort of tried people before in the past and i've added them as a group with us and yeah, when people are sort of asking, well, who's the police minister or who's this or who's that, and not really knowing what goes on, it's hard to talk about the specific topics that we're talking about without sort of being in the loop. So, Justin, I know Justin's got that knowledge on that and he articulates himself really well. So, um, I hope you enjoyed this show. Of course, you can always write into us, Australian Hunting Podcast at gmail.com, yeah. the website. Uh, AustralianHoneyPodcast.com.au, iTunes, uh, Podbean app, Stitcher, you can listen to the show everywhere. Send in your voicemails, send in your emails. If you've got something to talk about, like I've said previously and a bit earlier, we would love to hear from Mm. you. If I don't get back to you again, guys, on the email straight away or even (laughs) sometimes a couple of months, I do apologize. I've got a lot to do. Uh, Most of us, I'm not sure about if Justin's working from home at the moment, but I definitely am. Um, so, it's been a bit uh, not stressful. It's pretty easy to get out of bed. But my computer, we're doing this in my room right now. Like my computer, I get out of bed and I jump straight on my computer. <laughs> so, my whole work week sometimes is moving in about a four by four meter <laughs> square uh, of my bedroom pretty much. And it's getting a little bit monotonous. But thankfully, mm-hmm. I get to go out in the field and do some inspections and stuff like that. So, I can get out when I want to get out and have some mm-hmm. sun and some fresh air. Of course, take care of your family. You know, if you've got any mates and that struggling simple just takes a call guys takes a call to call people up and find out if they're all right make sure your family all right make sure your shooting buddies are all right you don't know what people are going through Mm. you know and you know a lot of men are in the the shooting sports and they're the most highest people that commit suicide guys so you look after your friends look after your family make sure i give them a call now no one ever knows what everyone else you know is going Mm. through and um and there's a lot of topics and obviously these shows can't be live and sometimes they may take a few weeks to come out guys they take a lot of editing, So sometimes the news and current affairs may be a little bit behind, but that's the only way to do it. And I've been receiving so many Facebook messages, when straight shooting, what are you guys doing? Get off your quinces. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, we're trying. And, you know, that's why I'm switching yep. it up, getting some new people on the show as well. You know, if Muzz can't do it at the time, I can grab Justin. If, he, if he's yep. available, he can come over and add his you know points and, and bring some stuff over to look at and go over as well that he might be interested as well. I'm definitely open to that sort of thing as well. Yep. What Look about I'm, you, mate?
1: I'm. I'll be the first person to say that I don't know at all. Um, I'm certainly opinion, strongly opinionated, but I always couch my uh, my comments in. I'll be happy to change my opinion if presented with new information. So if you're listening to this, driving in the car, screaming and pounding the steering wheel at how wrong we are, uh, we're not an echo chamber. We're not a star chamber. Um, let us know. Even if you, yeah, if you disagree, if you've got a, a point to make, leave a voicemail, send an email. If you've got information that you think would be relevant, send it in, and uh, and we'll take it very seriously.
0: Absolutely. One thing before I finish off, I literally just received an email as we're doing the show. This is the fifth of April, twenty twenty. So it's about Sunday afternoon on the 5th of April now. I just got one from the National Shooting Council from Neil Jenkins. Said, Jace, we FYI, we're now wanting to collect details of gun shops closed in Victoria for the action we're taking. So that's good news. They're apparently not running yep. any actions in WA or Queensland, but are contributing to the remainder of the donations we've received in those efforts. That's good, I man. They're right. only a small organisation of 8,000 members question is, if these guys are doing it, why aren't the other mm. big organisations stepping up that have got millions of dollars? Um, you know, again, I just get sick of this posting on the internet crap, mm. you know, and yeah, you know, I do it too. I'm not under any um, illusion that me and Justin sitting here can change the world mm. or we're going to make even mm. any difference, but... We're just trying to bring you the information if, as we see it. Yeah, if you've got some money, if you're if you're in a big organization that's got some money, even just
1: give National Shooting Council a donation for advertising or something. Get them to send you a tax invoice for for goodness sake. You know, make it legal, but give them some money, help them p- pay a lawyer to uh, to fight back because it's not about winning. You can't win with just one action. There's never going to be a single battle where we win everything. The point is to keep resisting and show that we are fighting and that we are a force to be reckoned with and go and pick on somebody else because for for far too long, shooters have been easy victims to just kick around in the media, kick around in politics. Whenever you need a cheap point, just talk about oh, domestic violence and shooters or, or public safety, we've been an easy target. Well, the, t- the time is to stop us being an easy target and if they open their mouth, we've got to put a fist in it and every time, these, it's not going to be a single battle um, and if, if somebody's willing to take a stand, and even if it's just in one state, please, please support them. Send them some money. Um, I'm going to make a donation with that. I've, I've, I've got five bucks sitting around um, just to show that I know five bucks isn't going to do much, but it's a token that's what I can do.
0: And if you can do it and a few other people can do it, it does add up. Yeah. If you guys enjoy the show... As I said, I know money's tight. If you can't join us on Patreon at this stage, that's totally fine. I mean, share the show. Put it on your Facebook page. Do something. You know, get the word out there. I'd be greatly appreciative of that. Share yep. it amongst your friends and family. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking... Mate, if I did this for the money, I would have been... <laughs> I'd be living under a bridge right now. And, you know, I wouldn't have... You know, the things I've got because of you guys that support me on the show. I mean, this deck that's making mm. my life a whole lot easier. Um, you know, I'm really happy with that. Now, it's courtesy of you guys that I saved up over a couple of months. And, you know, me and Justin have just taken calls on the show. We can play things. Instead of me editing so much of what we do and adding it in after the show, pretty much, you know, I just do a little bit of editing, mark a few spots on the, on the show that I might think needed a little bit of cleaning up. And we are good to go live uh, pretty much probably within two hours after I do the show if I really choose to. But of course, you know, I can't do this all the time because I, <laughs> I do have to work and earn a bit of that fat cash. So like most of us, but if you're not working you now, guys, all the best. You know, Like I said, give me a call, 0425 881 967. I'm happy, more than happy to talk to you guys going through a little bit of issues. Mate, that's fine. Family issues, anything, mate, give us a call. Happy to speak to you anytime. Um, that's totally fine. I'm happy to give my number out to people. Because you know what, we're all in this together. I just really love to see. I mean, the time for games and gimmicks are over. I think this virus has really brought out. And as Justin was saying a little bit earlier about the fact that they're just taking our rights, us can't move our fr- our freedom to move now is inhibited. And the amount of people, Justin, I even see on the internet approving of this type of thing. Mm. Like it's okay to say self isolate, but we just saw bunnings. I mean, I'm being sent mm. photos this morning, hundreds in gatherings, hundreds. Mm. They're all down at the beach still having a great time, and yet we can't go and isolate ourselves. Hunting and shooting over the Easter long weekend. I mean, bullshit, man. Rubbish. Mm. Utter, utter rubbish. And advocacy, there's only so much that does, which, you know, like I've said before, Justin may disagree a little bit, but you know, it's it's something, but it's not enough to make the government sit up and listen to us. We've tried that. It's it's been known to be limited in, in the effects that it can have. And we need to start the legal action. And who's going to do it? Surely we've got just – I've been saying this for a while now. Surely we've got that fat, rat, rich shooter. There's a million of us. Surely there's got to be a billionaire in Australia that can put aside some money that will just gather interest Mm. in a a fund every year that we can spend $500 million a year on fighting gun bans and stuff like that. Surely there's got to be one. Come on, Russell Crowe. You don't even have to
1: make it public. Just uh, buy some some Bitcoin. and then send it to the, yeah. send it to somebody come on mate send it to me
0: i need it right now <laughs> with how my account looks um but
1: no, yeah but, but there's there's a, there's a there's a message in there if you're listening to this and you've got the resources like there are wealthy people who run businesses and own businesses please help you know, i'm i'm an employee jace is an employee we don't have a lot of spare cash lying around but there are people who can sponsor and advertise please use this opportunity because if the government can close a gun shop with no constitutional you know, legality, just with a ministerial decree, newsflash, they can do it to you too, and they will. So please
0: help us before it's too late. Absolutely. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, this is Straight Shooting. Uh, thanks for joining us. My name is Jason. I'm Justin. Thanks, thanks. for listening. See you next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.